It's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm Steve Titchener, joined by Matt Lachlan in the studio and John McAlevey on the line. And it's official, gentlemen. March Madness is here. A lot to get into. We'll start with the Scarlet Knights. And my goodness, uh, we'll get into the game, but let's just look at where they stand now. 11-8 and eight in the conference, the Big Ten Conference. 17-12 and 12 overall. Now, here's a this is um, pretty impressive on the resume, certainly. All the teams ahead of them in the Big Ten, they've beaten. They've beaten Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue, Iowa, and Ohio State. So obviously, you know, we can lament all day about, you know, their bad November. Uh, but they have some impressive wins as well. Uh, again, uh, I think they still have to win that Penn State game to be comfortable. Um, but they got a resume right now that can get him into the uh, into the tournament. And uh, impressive, impressive uh, game uh, at uh, at Bloomington. Um, down ten, uh, big three by Geo uh, to cut it to seven at halftime, and then. Uh, you know, they outscore him by 10 in the second half. Uh, and what can you say? Uh, Ron Harper Jr. just came up big. Uh, Onions! <laughs> came yeah. down confidently and just stroked that three. Before that, the, the couple plays before that was, uh, listen, uh, it looked like the game was in the bag. Uh, Geo just flips the ball over to uh, an ill-advised pass to uh, – Paul Mulcahy, and then the fireworks start. Mulcahy gets shoved out of bounds by Xavier Johnson. And you know, Xavier Johnson was certainly threw an elbow. He certainly did his part. But uh, Mulcahy swings back. Foolish move by by uh, by Paul, who's who's been struggling as of late. And uh, he gets tossed. He better not be suspended. I don't think it, he should get suspended for it. But he did get tossed from the game. And then how you know, about Andre, Andre Hyatt, man? We got to see. Listen. He strokes two uh, uh, foul shots there, right uh, with facing the student section in Indiana. Man, that's they were huge. And Steve, then, can I make a point? Go, go, go. Uh, as a as a coach, you know, I, I preface this all the time of youth. There, what what Geo Baker did there is absolutely <laughs> inexcusable. You have the ball, okay. The most important thing in the game, you have possession of the ball and a three-point lead, and the clock is winding down. It's like 20 seconds. You cannot throw a ridiculous pass that was going out of bounds. They hit the ref. It hit the ref. We just got lucky. It doesn't hit the referee. It's a huge turnover, and it goes all the way back to where in the Indiana front court, this guy's a fifth-year senior. He should know better than to throw that. And then, as you mentioned, the hullabaloo begins. And I don't know what it is with Paul Mulcahy, but he's always sort of involved in extracurricular stuff and plays that happen behind the play. And I'm not saying he's a chippy guy, but he's always involved in something where he's, you know, falling on the ground or he's yelling at the other guy or the other team. He just seems to be that guy that is in the mix for for screwy plays, and it's not just once in a while. It happens mm-hmm. game in and game out. And, and he did yeah. swing, yeah, and yeah. I don't know whether he's going to get suspended, but it's just it's always something with him. He's got to keep his head in that spot. Me seeing it, or if you guys see it as well, I, I don't think he'll get suspended. I do think he's a very competitive guy, John. Uh, the problem is he's 
constantly complaining to the officials. And then he stands and stares. If, you know, if he drives and thinks he's gotten fouled but misses the shot, he stands there and stares before he hustles back. Hey, listen, he's a kid still. I mean, I know he's a junior and it's time to grow out of that stuff. But uh, yeah, that that's something that he needs to tone down a little bit. But he's emotional and it does happen. You can't take a swing at a guy. He, you know, he smacked him in the head and that's a flagrant two for sure. And I don't think he'll be suspended. Well, I think listen, he'll play it, on Sunday. But his game has changed. He's he's in the lane much more now and uh, he's been much more aggressive and he's not getting calls. And listen, I mean, you can we can uh, scream about the refs all day. Listen, I wouldn't want their jobs. It's it's just tough officiating the, the Big Ten of you know the speed of the game. These guys go at each other hard. I mean, I know a lot of people go after on, on all schools go after the refs. In this case, you know he's just not getting the calls. But and he is. And guess listening. what? You don't get the calls when you beg for the calls right. and yeah. complain about the calls. You're Listen, right. you gain right. a reputation. It's just the truth. And so. I understand his frustration. You know, if he drives and he gets banged and he thinks that he should be going to the line for two and he doesn't get a call, then he's upset. But when you stand there on the baseline and look at the officials, they hate that with a capital H and you will not win any favors. And I said this, John, I said that, you know, he had that nice run in their four game win streak. Uh, He was playing very efficient, very effective basketball and also scoring, which is huge, which he wasn't doing. He was giving up wide open shots. He was taking them and making them. Now they're keying on him. The the, the other team's keying on him. And it's and it's been effective because, listen, he's all he's been nothing but frustrated uh, and then he's and, and he's not even hitting those those little chip shots and such. Now he's missing them. Uh, he's back to earlier in the season where he's struggling with decision making and also with his shot again. So uh, he's he's well, he's the, struggled. Here's the story with that. You know, he had that good run. So it was it was almost like a good news, bad news kind of a thing. It was good news because they were hot and he was helping them win. But in a way, it was bad news because he's not a gifted offensive player. And it sort of gave him sort of this, I don't know, false bravado to think that, you know, I can sort of take over games at times where I can sort of play that bully ball at his size. He he likes to back guards down, you know, stuff that, that Villanova has been excelling at for a number of years now where they, you know, let Gillespie and then it was Archie Diacono and their guards just sort of bully ball people to the basket. And he's been able to do that. So I think it got it's gotten to the point these last few games where he's forcing the issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not truly his game. He's more of a facilitator than he is a scorer. I like I like that he's looking at the basket more. But if he tries to do too much, then that takes away from your two, you know, star guards that really need to be doing most of the heavy lifting. So it's kind of like, yeah, he was great for a time there, but let's hope that he doesn't start to think he's now, you know, one of the top two or three guns on the team. He's got to continue to be that complimentary player. Yeah, I I agree that uh, he has probably taken too much on his shoulders at this point because uh, it is Ron Harper Jr. and and Geo Baker's team. Uh, But listen, we're nitpicking here. They picked up a huge road win in front of a a, a raucous crowd against an opponent that needed the game just as much. And so uh, kudos to Steve Peichel's team for, for, hanging in there, pulling it out. It was a low-scoring game. That's always to Rutgers' favor. And, you know, now they've set themselves in the position where if they win on Sunday, they should get a bid. 
but you better win on Sunday because that net, and I know, Steve, to your point earlier, yeah, you can you can talk about Rutgers' resume all you want. I have to throw in Massachusetts, right? You have to throw in Lafayette. Exactly. And because that brings their net down. Even and DePaul. They, had, they, yeah. they played in, they didn't play in a tournament. They didn't play in a neutral site tournament. So their schedule is going to affect them. And everything I read about, you know, the bracketologists, they have Rutgers in that first four out, first four in on mm -hmm. the cusp. Right. Because when the committee gets together, I'm not that naive to think there's not a wink, wink, nod, nod. Isn't the Big Ten better than pick another conference? And so Rutgers, because they beat all those teams, deserves to mm -hmm. to play. But apparently they look at the net an awful lot. It's a body of work. Right. And, you know, Rutgers' body of work, the body is not good. The last half is terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, you're right. And um, that November is really killing their resume, as we mentioned a number of times. And you would think that these games now they uh, listen, we we have we haven't had this show since they've played three great three games now. And, uh, you know, they, they struggled uh, at the Chrysler Center against Michigan. Then they go home against Wisconsin. And that's a game where, you know, anybody's game there. It's just uh, Wisconsin made more plays down the stretch. Rutgers uh, goes on a three-game losing streak after a four-game winning streak. So it's kind of been an up-and-down season. But I felt that if they lost uh, last night against Indiana, I thought that they really were going to be in big trouble. I think it was a, it was a season saver and a tournament saver. Uh, very much so because Indiana would have the upper hand. This could be a case where Indiana's out and Rutgers is in just off that game. It's very possible no that doubt. it can go yeah, that no way. And, 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 but don't yeah, lose. Don't lose on Sunday. Right. But uh, yeah. it will not mean a hill of beans the right. Wednesday win if they lose on and Sunday. And then just a huge senior senior day uh, Sunday against Penn State. And you're right, Matt. Uh, very important to to win that game. I still think they slip up and then they win a game. Then they have to win a game in the Big Ten. But let's just talk about Penn State on Sunday. Listen, they struggled uh, at, at uh, State College earlier in the season. Just weren't ready to play. They got down early. That can't happen again. They've got to be. They've got to come out, Rutgers, um, from the jump, uh, get a lead early, keep it, get ride that crowd, and you know, because you know, Penn State. Listen again, the Big Ten. You can lose any night. Absolutely, any afternoon uh, in, in the in the conference. So um, hey, they got to stay focused, and they have to win that game. We're almost fifteen minutes into this podcast, and we we still haven't mentioned Cliff Amore. I mean, this guy <laughs> is is blossoming before our eyes. Mm -hmm. He he came in as strictly a rim protector, and he he did that well last year. And he, I don't think he's ever going to be like a low post guy where you're going to dump it down and he's going to give you like an Olajuwon kind of a, a an array of post moves around the basket. But he, the way he dunks the ball, it's like the <laughs> fastest dunk you'll ever see. I, I've said that all along. I mean, is gone through the rim. Yeah. I've never but seen anything like it. You never see it. Yeah. And the guy, another double, double, he's becoming a human double, double, 12 boards, four blocks. Those were the things that you were, you thought you were going to get in with him, mm -hmm. but 13 points is mm -hmm. very nice from the pivot, a guy like that. And, oh, by the way, he made a couple of big – you talked about Hyatt making big free throws. Amore made four big ones down the stretch, and and the kid is fun to watch. And, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope for Rutgers' sake 
that he comes back next year. You never know with people getting into people's ears about how upside and, mm, and I know. amazing athleticism. It, it's and it's a concern. And I've pro and who yeah. goes into the portal and all of that kind of stuff, because the kid is fun to watch. And, and I love to see him run end to end. I mean, nobody gets down the floor faster and yeah, he's it, a big part of he's an athlete. He's a six, he's a six eleven athlete. That's what I've been making all the time. Now, you know, yes, there's a lot of guys, big bodies, even guys that are, are quick or good good hands and such, but the overall package, he's just a really he's an incredible athlete. And you see that there with the, you know, these dunks that he's making. He has some sort sort of eighty dunks for the season or something or close to that anyway. And you know, he's big a ten big part of this. The Big Ten announcers last night were saying that they they have there's no one in college basketball doing what this guy's doing. So he's really is is, is an exceptional exceptional athlete. And, and he had zero turnovers last night. Right. He so doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, you want to see him develop an offensive game. You want to see him develop, uh, you know, at least uh, at least be able to go out, you know, five, ten feet out and take those shots. That's they're, he's he's hitting them. He's hitting some of them, but he's he ha, he doesn't hasn't developed that game yet. He doesn't really have like well, Trace Jackson Davis's moves inside that ability to, uh, uh, you know, to to use the backboard and and you know and and, and you know make guys miss and and he, he's really just a guy who grabs the ball and slams it home he is better he, he is certainly developing that uh and that's where he can really really raise his game when he develops his Drop off, steps, his off jump hooks, yep. if he could ever which you've been saying all season john shot, forget it yeah yeah and that stuff is coming it's coming slowly but just as, as an athlete, Matt, he's he's pretty impressive. No, oh, he is. He's a specimen, no doubt about it. Um, and his, to me, his his gift is still being the rim protector. You're right, John. That's what he came in as, and that's to me his still uh, his main point. But yeah, without a doubt, he's adding some offense to it, and 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 Rutgers needs it. And let's you know just one more point, and then we'll take a break and move on to Seton Hall. But. You know, we got it in college basketball. The three point shot is so huge. And, and like last night was a perfect example. You know, Rutgers, uh, eight of 18. Ron Harper Jr., a big part of that. And, it, and granted, uh, you know, Indiana was, uh, you know, six of 21. Their, their big guy, Miller Cop and Parker Stewart, were actually cold from three, which was fortunate. But, you know, in their, in their three game uh, losing streak there, I mean, the, the opposition scored 72 points on threes and Rutgers had 33 points on threes. Okay. So when you're, when you're going up against a Michigan, you're going two of 12. When you're going up against uh, Wisconsin at home and you're going four of 17. Meanwhile, Wisconsin's dropping nine of 20. I mean, there's your game right there. So it's just so important. Now on their, when they went on that winning streak, they did, they just stayed pretty much on par with the other team. Now, Michigan State and Ohio State, they shot a bunch of threes because it's probably their only opportunity. Uh, but, you know, Rutgers hung in there with them. So it's not that it's not that they have to outshoot the other team, but they've got to stay with them. And those three those three losses, I mean, they're they're more than doubled their the three point output. So and and by the way, Rutgers is dead last in threes in the Big Ten. Made 176. They're averaging six a game. Guess who's the best? Purdue, you know, at nine a game. So, I mean, it's just a big part of the game. And, and, you know, last night was a perfect example. You know, they go in and they do, and they, they, they drop, uh, you know, five of 18. Well, that, that's the game right there. Uh, So dropping eight of 18 
last night. Ron Harper Jr. doing what he did. You know, uh, Geo Baker had a couple important threes. But anyway, it's it's a part of the game that you can't discount. It's defending the three, okay, and um, and making the three. And Rutgers yeah. is at the bottom of the Big Ten, t- close to the bottom, both defending and making threes. Right, and wait till next year when Baker and, and Harper Jr. are gone. But I have to get your I have to get your uh, take on this. The final play of the game, they're bringing the ball down, and he rises up to fire a three-point shot. And I'm screaming at the TV set, no, no, no. And then it goes in. I say, oh, good shot. You know, it's good. Good job by Pykele. The basket. Couple take good the ball to the rim. Make the referee make a call. I could not believe for the life of me that he took a three-point shot. You know, he, he gets in that situation where he's really feeling it, and, and you almost feel it watching him. He just he was he was hot. And he just he came down. Good job by Pykele not to call timeout there. He had a timeout. Yeah. He opted not to call a timeout and let him go. And yeah. I don't know. He just he, you know, he uh he was feeling I it was and, and, and he and he and he popped it. And yes, you know, if he misses that, you, you make that question, but he dropped it. So and and that was uh And he left time. He took that it was the game right there. And then on top of that, guys, he tips the inbound. He tips the inbound pass. So it was just a yeah. huge, huge uh, a couple of plays there by Ron Harper His Jr. His reaction to the three-point yeah. shot was, was interesting as well. Yeah. yeah. I saw you know, Sam Cassell do that I, when he played for the Nets about 25 years ago. It was pretty fun. Who used to do it? Sam Cassell. Oh, right. Played for the Rockets. Yeah, he, well, at the time he was playing for the Nets. Yeah, he killed the, yeah. Killed the Knicks in the uh, – uh, in the in the final in Houston and back in the nineties, um, him and Elijah won. Uh So, you know what's, go ahead, go ahead. Matt. You know what's funny? Matt brought up about onions. There's actually a website. Uh, it's like a Bill Rafteryisms where you can buy T-shirts. There's a couple that say onions. There's a couple that say, you know, the 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 great one where Jerome Lane came down. The old send it in Jerome. Oh, they have yeah. T-shirts yeah. like that. It's uh. It's hilarious. Little lingerie. Get the puppy yeah, the set. Lingerie. My, man, know, my man. favorite one is Yeah. My favorite one is um the Tavern League shove. <laughs> Under the basket. The yeah. big guys give out the old Tavern League shove. Yeah. You, don't, you don't get that on a shirt. Yeah, you know, when I was but, covering the Nets yeah. uh and, and Raft was working the Nets, we would travel together and we would go into bars. Yes, Bill Rafter and I were in bars. Um and uh. Depending on uh, you know where we were, but particularly if we were like in Indianapolis, where it's a big college uh, state, he would be asked all the time to do the man-to-man thing. You know, yeah. and when he starts the game, that's his thing, right? Where they are, you yeah. know, whether it's man-to-man or a team's playing a zone. That's how, if you watch the game, Steve, that's how he always starts. Boom, that's his thing. And we, he would be asked all the time, God, Raph, say Indiana's man-to-man. Indiana, man-to-man. <laughs> So I wonder if that uh, that's on that uh, website as a that must have been a ball working with Raffles the best awesome what he seems like a fun guy man he is yeah the hey best one more point I want to make about Pykele because you know I've you know I've certainly uh, had my uh, uh, I've certainly gone after him a few times this season but what a great job to to switch to zone because it looked like Trace Trace Jackson Davis was just going to eat up Rutgers all day. And then once they switched to zone, you know, he was shut down and they pretty much shut down uh, Indiana's offense. And then and then they switched back to man-to-man for the last couple, a few possessions. And I was like, well, the zone was working. I guess they wanted to get after uh, 
uh, individually get after everybody and just put that put all that huge effort in there. But oh, listen, you can't uh, you can't argue with the uh, with the result. And now, uh, listen, March Madness full on here again. We've talked about it. Rutgers probably still needs to win uh, at uh, against Penn State at the rack uh, this Sunday. And then uh, if they do that, they should go dancing. And wow, God, the up and down of this season has just been amazing. And we'll follow it straight through. You're listening to the Jersey Hardwood podcast. We'll take a break. We'll hear from LG Insurance. Then we'll come back with Seton Hall. At LG Insurance Agency, our exceptional staff of agents shop seven insurance carriers to help you get the best pricing and value for your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is the destination for all of your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood podcast sponsored by LG Insurance. And uh, look at this. Seton Hall struggling for a bit there, and boom, they uh, snap off a four-game winning streak here, 20-9, and 11-8 now in the Big East, and looking really good, looking like a lock for uh, for the tournament. Um, you know, a nice uh, win, well, at home against Georgetown, which you should do, maybe a little closer than you'd want it to be. And how about, how about the... Um, athletic director for Georgetown saying they're committed to Patrick, a 19 game losing streak here. Haven't won at all in the big East, but you you can't fire Patrick Ewing. So, you know, St. John's did get rid of Chris Mullen, but you can't fire Patrick Ewing. Actually, Mullen was allowed quote unquote to leave. So um, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. So you're saying there's still a good chance that that Patrick may not be around next year? No, oh no, okay. no, no. He's okay. he's coming okay. back next year. Well, 100%. listen, I'm a, I'm a, hey, I'm a Knicks fan. I love him, but 19 games in a row, and I, so I went on and just looked at their season, and there was a lot of blowouts in there. They got it close a couple times, actually with Villanova of all teams. And it was but close last night. They yeah, played hard last night. They played hard, and it, it was close. Um, but uh, I was shocked uh, when I heard that. I, I can't believe they're going to bring him back. I, I thought they'd be running him out of D.C., but, um, you know, he's going to be brought back. But it's just been a I mean, really, really rough season. The, fluke of, the flukiest of all flukes was when they went went and won the, the Big East tournament last year. I mean, that's that true. Was, that was unbelievable. I think that's the only thing saving his job because they, they've been pathetic pretty much all yeah. year long. I mean, yeah. I, I can't believe it. I don't know. I, I really yeah. can't believe. Were I an alum? I, I loved the the fact that they gave him a chance and he did a couple of good things, but you can't go. I don't know. What's the it's opposite been, of undefeated? It's bad. I Winless. Defeated, defeated list. I don't know what it would be. 19 That's in a row. I mean, you can't. How it's, bad it is. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a lot of bad luck in there, you would think, but just, just some bad basketball as well. So something's way wrong. Oh, God. With it's Georgetown, but I, they're going to let him fix it. They're going to let Patrick fix it. So, okay. You know, back to Seton Hall. So, a big road win against Xavier. Now, Xavier kind of fell off, lost four in a row, but still, that was a big win. Um, Jared Roden's leading the way here, Matt. 30 points in that game. Uh, it's 16 against Georgetown. So, you know, leading, leading the uh, Seton Hall, certainly on the offensive end. It's his team again. Um, when Bryce Aiken was playing, it was more Bryce Aiken's team. Now Aiken's out, out for the season, won't be back. 
and Jared Roden has ascended to his rightful place. And that's no knock on Bryce Aiken, but coming in, who was the you know preseason All Big East performer? Who was a Player of the Year candidate? Uh, Jared Roden. Now that some of that was because nobody knew how healthy Aiken would be, and in the end, the concussion knocks him out. Uh, no pun intended for the rest of the season. But Jared Roden is the man now, and and he knows it, and he's comfortable there, and he's got a n- nice supporting cast. It's a different look than they had in the beginning of the year. They're not as deep, obviously, with Aiken out of there, but it's his team again. Now I'm looking in the uh, at the uh, stats uh, last night, Matt, and Kadari Richmond, 10 assists, so it looks like double, he's double. 12, uh, 12 points. Looks like he's settling into that point guard uh, role. So he he's, is. he's, you know, listen, he got thrown into that with with Bryce Aiken um, uh, with a concussion and, and and being out. And so uh, he's, he seems like he's settling in. So and look, the, the Seton Hall's playing well. Everybody, you know, again, you go back to your clearly defined roles. Right. And then you start playing really well as a team. And that's what you're seeing with Seton Hall. Well, yeah. And I think their roles were defined before, uh, but the workload changed for Richmond, no doubt. Jameer Harris has also been playing out of his gourd, which is mm-hmm. super to see. Uh, and he was not earlier in the year. He was just a shell of what he is now. So they're not the same team. I don't know that they have as much, uh, as many believers as they had earlier in the year, because when they were ripping off those wins and they had such depth and chemistry and anyone could win the game for them. It, it looked like there's no reason this team can't go deep into the postseason. Now I'm not sure they're a good team. They're not deep, deep. So foul issues could come and haunt them. And, you know, you were talking, we were talking about Rutgers getting in, uh, by the way, I'll just uh, point out that uh, Andy Katz, the NCAA's bracketologist in his most recent release, warm up the bus does not have Rutgers in his top, 64, but he has Seton Hall at eight. And that's where a lot of people have them in that eight, nine area. And Seton Hall would want to move the needle there. Now they've got to beat Creighton on Saturday. By the way, thanks for giving him that win already. They're actually 19 and nine, but I'll take 20 and nine if they beat Creighton. Okay. And Uh then uh, into the Big East tournament, they go. Now they can get as high as fifth, which means they would get a, a bye. And if they get the bye, and they finish fifth, they are off of the Villanova and UConn section of the bracket. So they avoid those two heavyweights. Sean, they go into your favorite bracket where Providence sits number one. So there's a lot of value to what might happen this weekend. But if Seton Hall can win on Saturday, win a game or two or more in the tournament, they might move off that eight spot, nine spot, and maybe get to seven. And we all know why that's important. Let's say you win that eight, nine game. Then who do you have? You have the number one seed in your next game, unless a 16 pulls the upset. So it makes it awfully difficult to get to the next weekend. So there's a lot at stake for Seton and Hall, Google, even though Google that, lets me down, Matt. I got 20. What can I tell you? There, but it you is know, 19 and nine. But I did about, I did see another standing where it's a 19 and nine. So I just I yeah. went with that. They probably would okay. have beaten Providence if they played them the second time, John, at the Rock. So we'll give them 20 anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll give them 20. You're talking about. Um, Last night's game and, you know, not being as convincing as most people thought it would be. Um, um, I was looking on Twitter and I saw this and I don't know whether this is actually him, but there's a JP Carlesimo that's on here. Um, And I don't know whether that is 
the 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 old head coach or not. But no, it's not. It's a parody. Team, I thought it was, it's a parody. What's account. that? It's a parody account. It's a parody. Well, it's whatever it is. It's it seems apropos last night. It says since everyone wants to be negative tonight, I'll just say this. Seton Hall won tonight. We're going dancing. Everyone smile, which really it puts it in a nutshell. They Without didn't a doubt. play great. They were able to get by a, a terrible team, and they and did they what they had to do. They won the game, and so you take the win and you move on to uh, to the next round. Without and, a doubt, and I think that um, they're getting hot when they need to. Deep mentioned they they took down Xavier. What was impressive about that was that it was at Xavier, and it was a big number. They won by a big number. Now, Xavier has, is in a complete freefall. They mm-hmm. got whacked by St. John's last night. They lost in triple overtime in Rhode Four Island in a, uh, yeah. a week and a half ago. And so they are right now on the outside of the bubble, it seems. Yeah. They, were, they were definitely in. They were a top 25 team. Yeah. And they're good. I don't know why they're they're struggling. I mean, that's a team I don't want to see in the Big East tournament. I'll tell you that right now. That team is really good. They have a lot of good front court guys. They have good guards. For some reason or another, they're they're just not gelling right now. Another team I don't want any part of, believe it or not, are the Blue Demons. DePaul is hot now. That was a big win last night. And they night. have a good coach, and they just nailed a, a big four-star recruit that's coming next year. Don't sleep on DePaul. They're going to be really good in the next couple of years. So um, the the tournament next week is is going to be, um, you know, buckle your, your seatbelts because there's going to be some, some fun stuff going on over at the Garden. Yeah, there should be. And, you know, there's an interesting situation this weekend. Like I said, Seton Hall can get a bye, uh, but the path is they have to beat Creighton where it's not easy to win. Yeah. They, they've, they've lost in – by double digits, their last two visits to Creighton, and they came off with a big win last night. They had a huge lead against UConn and held on to beat them, but nonetheless, it was a win. And and you know, Greg McDermott's such a such a terrific coach. Poor Creighton, they lost their best player, their yeah. point guard, that freshman. Yeah, Ryan Nemhart. Ryan Nemhart is out for yeah. the year, broke his wrist. What a what a tough mm-hmm. break that is. My pun intended. You know. Yeah. That, that kid's really good. I mean, he, he's going to yeah. be the freshman of the year in the conference, and now to be without him is is tough. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if they get a uh, a bid to the tournament because um, without him, that's uh, it, tough. That kid is really good. Yeah, they, I, they might get up to seven teams, so I I would think they get in there, but. Um, but that's really what. But Creighton, Hall needs yeah. to beat Creighton, and then yeah. St. John's has to beat Marquette. So if St. John's beats Marquette. And that game's in Milwaukee, and Seton Hall wins in Omaha. Seton Hall gets a first round bye in the Big East, and again gets away from that side of the bracket that has Villanova and UConn. And we'll say Seton Hall is certainly safely in the tournament now, so that's really what that game means uh, at Creighton is is their uh, standing in the uh, in the tournament and 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 their seed in the tournament, of course. Uh, yeah, both in the Big East and the NCAA. Yeah, get yep. off that eight nine line if you can, because mm-hmm. then for, you're playing sure. Baylor or you're playing Gonzaga. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't win those games, but it would be nice to have to play the two line. But the two line, oh by the way, could have Duke or Kentucky <laughs> or Auburn. So again, you know, you're, you're you're shaving things very finely there. But I think it would be nice to get off that that eight nine line if they can. 
And then you know, need to talk about it anyway. I mean, is, is Bryce Aiken? Is it pretty much done? Yep. Is, is that's is okay? So, and you know, the only unfortunate thing there, of course, is that they are obviously a better team with him, and would certainly be better in the tournament with him. Um, but uh, the reality is that uh, he's not returning, and, and so Seton Hall has to move forward. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, without pretty uh, amazing. a really what I just a guy that I was so impressed with. I said a number of time on this show, man, because. Um, you know, he struggled last season, of course, with injuries. So it's really that it's a shame, man. It's a shame because he was he was playing so well. And um last had, night was his third senior night. Wow. Yeah. He uh, had yeah. senior night at Harvard. Then he played last year right. for Seton Hall. They had a senior night, even though there are only a handful of fans in the building because of COVID restrictions. He's allowed to come back another year, right? That's the extra COVID right. year that the NCAA has added. So he came back okay. and he had another senior night. Oh, Three okay. senior nights. That Jeez. might be a record. Is he a doctor? Is he going for his doctor? And this guy's <laughs> been in school for a long time. Yeah, he's doing postgraduate work. Okay. Yeah. He's 33. <laughs> <laughs> they don't touch. Well, yeah. you know, isn't that happening a lot in college basketball anymore? I mean, between the normal going to a prep school off of high school and developing physically and emotionally and then going to college and maybe having a red shirt that freshman year as you get used to the college level. You know, even before they added the extra year, you had guys who were 23 going on 24. Now they're 24 going on 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big difference. You know, Matt, that's uh... – that's one of the saving graces with uh, with Providence this year is yeah. that they have three fifth year seniors on their team. Yeah, I mean Nate Watson and Al Durham and and uh, Noah Horkler. They're they're all you know fifth year seniors. They're old. They're men. These are grown men. And um, it's the old adage now in college basketball is you want to get older. You want to stay older. Even. Look at Kentucky. They're usually all freshmen. Well, they're not all freshmen this year, and, and they're doing a lot better because they do have a little age and a little experience. And um, especially at this time of year, you want to have guys with the ball in their hand up one or down one in the closing minutes that this is not their first rodeo. And for some of them, it's like their 1,000th rodeo yeah. because they played so many of these games. It's old hat to them. So, yeah. Getting old is is a good thing in college. Yeah, that ex- yeah, that experience at crunch time can certainly be beneficial. And the other thing is, and I think the top teams, Duke and Kentucky, et cetera, they're going to get the one and dones. That's just the way they're structured. I mean, Shashevsky, uh, now in his last year, but you know, he would have blanched at that ten years ago. Then he realized, you know, he either, you know. Uh, you got to either beat him or join him, and he decided to join him. But my point is, I think a lot of college basketball has moved toward that more experienced guy. And if you have a one and done, I mean, look what happens. Their focus is not on your school or your season. You know, they they qualify for the fall semester. And they know they're leaving, and I don't even know if they go to school in the second semester. They don't have to. They don't have to worry about being uh, qualified to play the following year. And so, like, their mind is not even close. And I don't think they're they're listening as much to the coaches, and I, I just don't think they care as much. Now, that kind of talent will take you far, uh, and you know you can win that way, but I, I don't know too many of those those guys who aren't haven't bought in, not good. Not good. Yeah. 
Now we're into the uh, conference tournament time here, guys. So we'll take a look at some other Jersey uh, uh, teams and follow them as well. So, you know, you got the uh, the MAA and, you know, uh, Mammoth has a possibility there. St. Peter's had a nice season. So uh, they got to beat Iona. Yeah, uh, that, looks, that's uh, the tough, that's right, the tough really, team you know, there. Ryder doesn't seem to be going no. uh, anywhere. And then you got Princeton uh, leading the Ivy League again. So uh, what, the top four? Go to the, uh, have a tournament there. Yep. And so um, uh, you got to look out for uh, Princeton as well. And we will certainly follow them because we are in March Madness, the best time of the year. Uh, I love it. Uh, this is the, um, you know, from a college basketball standpoint, I mean, I'm a huge fan. So this is just a, it's just a great to watch watch the conference tournaments and then the automatic bids and then the, uh, and then the selection Sunday, it's all coming at us and, uh, and Rutgers and Seton Hall position nicely right now. We'll see what happens the next uh, uh, through the weekend. And then we'll get back to you next week. So I'm Steve Titchener here with Matt Lachlan in the studio. We got John McAlevey on the line. We want to thank LG Insurance for sponsoring us all season. This is the Jersey Hardwood uh, podcast. Listen to us on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. So check it out. We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. The Jersey Hardwood Podcast is written and produced by Steve Titchener with co-hosts Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. The show is edited and mixed by Justin Coy at Sound Lounge, New York City.